to organize your amazing ideas into a powerful book, you are in the right place. At the right time to learn how to write your book. Hi, I'm Joyce Glass. And I'm Sherry Lynn Bisbano, and welcome to The Right Hour, nonfiction tips from The Right Coach team. We are so glad you joined us today. Welcome to Season 13 of The Right Hour. I'm Joyce Glass, The Right Coach, and I am so excited to share with you this season. We are sharing the replays from our Wisdom Wednesdays that we have in our Write My Book Facebook group. And not everybody is able to attend those live. So I thought it'd be great to share them here on the podcast because we have some stellar guests. And I'm so excited to share this one with you. We have how to use your podcasting to build your brand and connect with your readers. And there are three great guests on here. It's Anne-Marie Cross, Elaine Lindsay, and Carrie. And those three ladies share some invaluable tips with Keith Keller, who is a part of the Right Coach team. He lives in Australia, so you'll get to hear that in his accent and learn more about him. But he is the marketing specialist that is a part of our team to help people learn how to grow their audience while they're writing their books. And Keith hosts this Wisdom Wednesdays for us in the group, and we're all a part of it. And so I'm so excited to share this with you. I hope you find some valuable tips. Because these are from our live streams, some of them are a little longer than my typical podcast, but I know you will find the information invaluable and I hope you enjoy and we'll see you on the next episode. Hey guys, Keith Keller, Melbourne, Australia, and we've got another really great episode of Wisdom Wednesday today. We just went to Daylight Savings, so it's actually Thursday at 10 a.m. We're like we're almost like in, almost a whole day ahead. And again, Daylight Saving always spins me out, but it's always going to be 7 p.m. Eastern forever. And so today we've got a whole show dedicated to podcasting. We've got guests coming and going throughout the day. But we've got uh, my friend Elaine Lindsay calling in from Ottawa. Yes. So Ottawa, Canada. And we've got a really cool person, uh, Kerry O'Shea-Gorgone, calling in from Nashville. Amazing. So Anne-Marie's calling in from Melbourne. We're both having extraordinary problems with uh, with the lockdown and we're making a lot of fun out of this uh, this live streaming thing. Kerry's calling in from Nashville. Elaine is calling in from Ottawa. And I've got a Grace, Joyce, Joyce on the phone uh, and on the call here. From. So what we're doing here is we're doing live streaming into a Facebook group and a Facebook page and Periscope. Now, I know a lot of my friends are saying that live stream is scary, and it is, because someone can throw this random question at you, and then you've got to riff and make it up. But the power of live streaming right now is that this is the new paradigm. You know, I've been saying for a very long time that YouTube is, is getting harder and harder to crack, and this live streaming thing we're doing every week is a chance to play that game. But today, we're talking about live streaming in the context of podcasting. And I know that Amory has a really cool system for that. She uses StreamYard and then rips the audio. I know Kerry's got a couple of podcasts as well. Great. Live streaming can be a bit off the cuff. And I've been chatting to a lot of friends lately about this idea of live streaming versus pre-recording. 
and not everyone's up for it and but i'm really embracing it especially during lockdown we've, we've got severe restrictions here so we're i'm really going to embrace it but today is all about podcasting and, and let me just reiterate we're, we're sending this file to a facebook group a facebook page and a periscope uh, feed via twitter all with a lovely site called StreamYard. And I, I, wanna, I wanna move into the first question. And the first question is, what is your process? And how do you, how long have you been podcasting for? And what is your process? So Anne-Marie, can you start? Cause I, I really wanna pick up on the idea that StreamYard is a great way to get the audio and the video and you're doing both. And this could be a really good way to, to sort of begin the conversation of why, why podcasting and live streaming sort of work in tandem, yeah? Yeah. Um, and what my process is now was certainly not my process when we first started. And, and as you might have already alluded to, Keith, um, I started podcasting in 2008 and that was with Keith uh, when the global financial crisis hit. Yeah. We were both in the career industry and we were just tired of the doom and gloom that mainstream media, and they haven't changed much, uh, were portraying. And we knew that it was impacting the psyche of our ideal clients who were job seekers, who were executives, who were professionals. Professionals. Yeah. So we started Career Success Radio. We had no idea what we were doing, but we knew that we needed to share that uh, message of hope and inspiration. So we did that for two years. I think one of the reasons, Keith, why we stopped our podcast was we tried very hard on identifying how do we monetize our podcast because it's a great way to build our brand. We, we built incredible influence. We had a lot of impact with people from around the world, but we struggled to uh, generate income for our business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if you don't have ROI, then it's very difficult to continue. And so sort of fast forward, you know, many, many years later, I had a, had a number of different podcasts and still do. It was Women in Leadership podcast, which started, which actually changed um, my entire journey and it was after my worst business failure ever and I thought I can't write can't content create but I can ask good questions I thought I'm going yeah, to invite yeah. other women in business and women in leadership and get their stories but what happened was three episodes in I accidentally generated two four-figure clients and I went years later hmm, if I can do that by accident what would happen if I was able to document those steps and intentionally repeat those. And so a book later, program later, that's exactly what I do. So there's a different process in the foundations and how I'm yeah. leveraging the podcast to build reputation as a trusted authority, build your reach with your ideal clients, and then ultimately your revenue. But that's well, let, me, let me pick up on what you've just said there. You've, you've said that podcasting can be a tremendous way to, and this is what today's show is about, it can be a tremendous way to build your brand, to, to build authority and be the trusted voice in your industry. And we're all, the reason why this uh, show, Wisdom Wednesdays, exists is because we have a really good, a really engaged Facebook group for writers. And one of the problems that I know writers have is that when they finally get around to getting the book in the box, they forget that they should have really been marketing ahead of time. So this show is all about different ways to market. And you've, you've had tremendous success with podcasting, haven't you? 
Yeah, and you know, I've tried every single marketing, you know, strategy and tactic and all sorts of different things. And I have found that what really has built engagement and I've never been able to, to achieve the level of engagement and trust that I have from the podcast. I think there's something really unique about um, the the community and the engagement. Yeah. When you get the content right, and a story that I often share with people, I've made all of the mistakes and then some, which is what I teach, you know, my clients don't do this, but do this. And so, you know, if I think about message, because Know, podcasting is a way that we share our message. I closed down my award-winning top-rated podcast a couple of years ago and that was because my own message got lost in the noise of my own podcast. Yeah, yeah. We talk about your ideal customers. This is why it's so important to be really clear and, and many businesses we often think, hey, let's start a podcast because I'm struggling yeah. to get message out but what they don't realize is that if your message isn't working already your podcast is only going to amplify the message that you're currently sharing so number one be mindful of what is that message am I clear about that yeah. and I guess that I have on my podcast in the way that I share that is that on brand is it continuing to position me as that authority um, and are all of the things that I'm doing you know such as live streaming such as social media every Everything is that consistent in that message that I'm sharing and does it continue to nurture my ideal client through the customer journey of what we know build that, awareness? That is absolutely brilliant because I know for sure, and we've, we've worked together since 2008, most people come to you and say, look, what mic do I need? Do I need to get a background? Do I need a Zoom background? And even there's some questions in the, in the call here. Can I use Zoom to make a podcast? But what you're saying, let's take a step back. What are you talking about? Who's your ideal client? Who are you talking to? What do they want to hear? Forget the mic. Forget the background. Forget if you've done your hair. You know, what are you saying? Yeah. And you talk a lot about that, don't you? Next, even more important now, Keith, and I'm sure the other guests would, would agree, because so many more businesses are now online, there is a lot more noise and a lot more clutter yeah. Yeah. that... Uh, and content, which is a good thing, but it's not a good thing if we haven't really honed our message. You know, and an example that I shared just, and my background is in personal branding. That's what you and I would, would talk about often, you know, interview coaching, resume development, personal branding. And an example that I use with people is if, if you're, the way in which you're sharing your message, someone could come remove your name add their name to that message and continue to share that because it kind of shares a little bit about what they yeah, do yeah, and yeah. the expertise they're sharing. You're not distinguishable and you're not uncopyable. And so take a bit of time. You know, what um, is your story and your journey that you have gone through that adds value to the content that you're sharing that no one else can copy you because you are uncopyable? And when you put that together in a really, you know, irresistible message, that is when you really stand out, as well as being consistent in the content that you share. That's brilliant. Now, let me let me move around the room. The original question is, what is your process and how long have you been podcasting? We've already morphed into the idea of branding and about the idea of, of um, a story. Kerry, can you tell me a little bit about your podcasting journey and then map it over what we've talked about, the idea of being authentic, about being unique? And you've got a couple of really cool podcasts that you share with uh, with your tribe, don't you? Thank you. Uh, well, I've been podcasting since 2005 when it was much more difficult to do. I started a podcast called Baby Time and it was about pregnancy and family and stuff because I was thinking, well, if I hate it, 
I can stop because I'll have the baby and be like, oh, podcast's over. Um, <laughs> I ended up wow, really, okay. You had an yeah. exit statement from day one. It was really hard to do then. I had to have like an XLR microphone with connections to get it all the audio in. And we had, the, it was just, it was a process. And so it's actually gotten so much easier now. I uh, I started doing the Marketing Profs podcast in 2012, 2013. And uh, I've been doing it since then. My process for that was very different. Uh, the apps have changed over the years. I've tried about everything just to try to get the best audio quality. I'm real stickler for that. I like yeah, single yeah. track and everything. So um, I would book guests for that and then try really hard to kind of troubleshoot the audio and then painstakingly edit so that they sounded their best when it was all over. So it was very involved for audio only. Ironically, since now I do the backpack show with Chris Brogan, which is live video. And, and that, he's just said hello, Kerry. He's just said hello. Hello. We don't release it um, as audio. So now it's like, well, it's live. And when it's over, it's over. And there's no editing at all. So it's a completely different process that. And we use StreamYard as well, So uh, which I love. It's so easy. So the process is uh, it's very different depending which show I'm doing. Punch yeah. out with Katie and Carrie. I do quarterly. It focuses on people's hobbies and stuff like that. And we kind of bunch it because neither of us, my co-host nor I, had time to do like another weekly show. Katie Robert is the CEO of Trust Insights. And she's like, she has no time, basically. If we wanted to do a show every week, I think we'd burn out. So we book a few days every quarter and we record all the season's episodes and we release them all at once when they're finished. So it's like about once a quarter, we release a whole season at once. So my process yeah. is different for everything. I don't know. Okay. Well, let, let me just pick up. Just let me just pick up on what we're doing here. We're using Streamyard, and we, we've got a couple of questions in the room about how to Streamyard different to Zoom. We're going to get to those questions specifically, but I want to say a big hello to Chris, who's a big. You know, we're we're all very big fans of Chris, and he's calling in from Periscope. You can see there the Periscope sign. So what Streamyard does by comparison to what we'll talk about with Zoom, is you can actually add comments from the various streams. So we're, we're sending this file to Facebook in a group and a profile or a page, sorry, and we're also using uh, Periscope. So Other services do that, but this is so easy, Keith, because I know uh, like, it, I tried them all. And, and, and we, we've been doing this such a long time that we we when we, we used Blog Talk Radio, we used to have to go to the milk bar and get a $5 phone card, call in from Australia, and you'd sound like you were in the outback. And yeah, was, like someone was yelling at you. Shocking quality, but you know, in, two, in 2008, that, that's all there was, right? This yeah. is so easy, and I'm I'm playing around with the concepts as we go, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to shuffle around, but I want to show you what StreamYard is capable of. So what Anne-Marie does is she uses a StreamYard file, and then she splits it into an, an MP3, sends it to audio, an MP4, which you can then edit and create videos. Kerry has a series of uh, podcasts as well, and she has a, a lot of different variations there, and she's been doing it a long time and has all the gear. But, Elaine, how does this fit in with your model of the podcasting and video-making world? Well, I started with video, you know, a long time ago for video at least, in 2011, and started mm. with Hangouts and, and started a show in 2012 that's still going. Last year, we decided that it really makes sense to make the show into a podcast because I had some amazing guests. Um, there's three of them sitting here, Chris Brogan's another one, Ted Rubin, all kinds of amazing people that really love to uh, yeah. offer value to everybody. So for me, turning that into a podcast made a great deal of sense. Like okay. Carrie, I do have another podcast 
but it is it is at the moment once a month for the very same reason there's only so many hours in the day okay well let, let me pick up on what you've just all said there and flip it over to zoom because streaming out is a relatively new concept how do you guys think zoom compares to this this arrangement uh, i found it a bit clunky i know Anne marie's had a bit of trouble can you can you briefly talk about why you would use zoom instead of stream out in this context and the pros and cons i i used zoom i think it was back in 2018 um when i realized you could stream live but then as soon as i heard uh, then i heard of restream and then when Streamyard was still in beta and i could see where they were going i mean i knew that that was the platform in what other platform why wouldn't you if you can stream live across different you know yeah. kind of platforms and it's so simple and i don't think i've ever had any issue with with Streamyard. whereas sometimes with zoom you would just it would just not connect like today i had a coaching session with some clients could not stream it live to our group so i found zoom to be a lot clunkier that's my yeah look, let me pick up on that exact point just to answer joey's question zoom has two major flaws in its streaming model one is it only streams to facebook and or youtube and it often doesn't work so both of those things are a severe limitation Streamyard is almost bulletproof and you can stream to facebook linkedin twitter twitch youtube and up to eight places at once for about the same cost you know i don't work for Streamyard, but maybe i should i love them I love them. No, I've been so, using StreamYard since March, and now they yeah. sponsor the Backpack Show, but we used it first. We used it, loved it, and talked about how much we loved it, and now they sponsor us, and so now we have a link where people get an extra discount and all of that stuff, cbrogan.me slash StreamYard. But yeah. we used it first and loved it because it was so Well, put that, put that link in, by all yeah. means. We'll, we'll, we'll try. So Dar is one of the really lovely people in our Facebook um, group, and she she's asked the question, well, what's a really good way to get started on the podcasting idea? How do you get started? What do, what do you start with? Do you want to start, I want to jump in here. I want to jump in here and say oh, okay. something. Yep. I think it's really important. If you aren't starting yet and you want to start, hire Anne Marie. And that's not a plug. She didn't pay me yet or anything like that. Anne Marie will give you the basics that you need to really make a go of it. Yeah. Because yeah. you don't want to be sort of stuck giving it a try and and kind of petering out very quickly because you have no idea what you should be talking about, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. It's all kind of uh, it's like anything if you want to do it well then you need to mm. go to somebody who does it well well let me let me pick up on that very clearly amory has been doing it since 2008 we've been we've yeah. been we've been podcasting since september i'm just saying well okay okay you win no cool. I'll, just, I'll be here like when y'all get back around so, you know, geez, I can just imagine what podcasting was like in 2005. I mean, geez. It actually was awful. I mean, in Australia, I had the internet in 2005. What was those teleseminar live where you'd ring in? And that was oh, horrendous. Instant teleseminar. Instant teleseminar. Oh, instant God, teleseminar. Yeah. 
didn't tell you. Yeah, we, and they weren't called um, podcasts back then. But, you know, and, and thank you, Elaine, for, for that. But th this is if you're a service-based business and you want to leverage your podcast to build that reputation, your reach, and ultimately your, your revenue, where you start, and, and this is what I mentioned earlier, you ha really have to know, you know, what is your end in mind? What are you going to um, monetize? You know, what are your services? And so many clients come to, potential clients come to me and say, you know, what microphones should I use? Now, audio quality is important, but you need to, you know, and I've said this so many times, you need to really be clear that you're in focus on your message rather than the make and model of the microphone because you cannot edit and mix compelling content that converts from banter and fluff. And what I often find too is, and I've done this myself, if you start talking about specific topics and all of a sudden you shift or you're talking about so many different yeah. topics, yeah. you don't position yourself as um, a trusted authority. So you really need to get clear on that. And secondly, the mistake that I, well, the, not mistake, but the, you know, the accidental two, four-figure clients led me to come up with a system. And I know that, Elaine, you've heard me talk about this, is that when you start your podcast and you're doing it specifically because you want to seed and lead your ideal clients through the customer journey, build no like and trust. And those people who are ready to make a decision, have them go, yes, I'm ready to take that next step. Make sure that episode zero and one, two, and three are on your thought leadership. And then that becomes your opt-in and that becomes the call to action at the end of every podcast episode. And so that's what I would focus on first. You know, how, what is your, you know, kind of the brand, your personal brand, your message? What are you really positioning yourself um, as yeah. that trust authority in and ensure that your podcast content, the collaboration, the community, your charisma, all of that is really defined. And then you're ready to launch. Let me pick up on that and then I'll throw to the, the group. One of the things that defines Anne-Marie's process is that you have a series approach rather than an ongoing podcast approach. This is a very different strategy. Both. So both. you yeah. do both, but you're very you're very famous and you did one for me, a 10-part series. So you have this, what you call episode zero, this idea of a, a, a podcast series, which is an opt-in. And that's a very good strategy. And also you many people have an ongoing podcast series. Can I throw to you, uh, Kerry, to see how you go with the idea of, of podcasting? What would you recommend people do to start? Well, I think that Anne-Marie is exactly right. You need to know why you're doing it and you need to know what you're going to talk about. And you have to have some idea how that's going to further your business. Now, it can't be like about your business because no one is interested in that. But, you know, if you've got some kind of crossover between what you want to talk about what you do and then you know what people are interested in you know this is why red bull sponsors extreme athletes it's like there's crossover there so find that and then make sure that it's something you feel like talking about over and over and over and over again <laughs> different assets you know aspects yeah, yeah. of it for a long time because it is work and it can feel like a grind but the backpack show is daily two guests a day and it doesn't feel like a grind. I love it because they're interesting people that I choose. And I'm super interested in talking to them about success and finding insights about success from yeah. like unusual yeah. sources. And so for that reason, you know, it, it furthers my own creative interests. So I think you have yeah. to, that's what you have to do. You have to start from a place of what am I going to talk about? How does it help the community I serve? And can I enjoy talking about this for like ever potentially? Yeah. 
Yeah, look, I really think that's important. You've got to start with the idea that, first of all, you're into the message and you know you can commit to doing it over over time. You're, you've committed to a daily show, which is, I mean, I take my hats off to you for that. That's that's a really massive commitment. But you're loving it and you're learning so much, yeah? Yeah, yeah, completely. I've talked to, well, we had a professional dominatrix on. We had a nun on. <laughs> We've had just like a breathtaking array of, of people. And they all had something, comedians, uh, Broadway actresses, some Mexican actors that do like horror comedy shows. They do Diablero on Netflix, but they've all got insights that carry over into business and life. So I learn something new every day from people that I would never have probably come across in our ordinary circles. So I love it. And I think you need to really love it is what I'm saying. You need to really love it. Well, you need to be able to put up with the bullshit you get right at the start of the show when people call you out for calling people different names. So well, you're like, right. Don't then. maybe get it right, Keith. I mean, it's one thing for me if you mess it up because you don't know me, but you work with Joyce. So that I was like, the what? I still can't get over sometimes calling my wife the wrong name. That's that's a real clincher. That's but um, classy about it though. Elaine, tell me about um, what you think could be a good starting point for people if they want to start a podcast or a video show or both have you got some tips to get us started well the tips to get started are really just repeating what they said you you have to know what you want to talk about you have to stay within that niche and as Marie said like you can't be all over the map i can't tell you how many podcasts we've tuned into and then it's like oh what, what the hell is that? Like it's, you know, it's way off in left field somewhere. Uh, you know, your, your daily, Carrie, I know you have all kinds of different people, but it's all kind of um, the same concepts. It's like what we do on the show. It's all different kinds of people, all walks of life, just like uh, Carrie is, but it's all about their digital journey. That's yeah. what we talk about because that's, you know, that's what people are interested in. People want to know, well, how can I do that? And in terms of podcasting, same kind of thing. I think it's critical, like everything else, you have to be consistent. Yeah. You have to be congruent. And you have to be, you have to feel within yourself that you want to be seen. Because I, not to get too esoteric here, but... I'm forever telling clients that you have to understand that visibility comes with what you do online. It is absolutely critical that you understand where you're at before you start, because it can just be an absolute fiasco. I didn't want to do video, Elaine. I was doing audio and I was very happy with it. And then Chris Brogan pulled me out front to go host the backpack with him. I mean, literally one day it was like, oh, button in in StreamYard. And I was out front and I was like, okay, I guess this is the thing now. But I don't think about it as me being visible. I think about it as elevating voices that we want Mm. to help get more representation. I think that is something that we all have in common. Like we all have shows where there's a guest. And we all really honour the guest. And I tell you for sure, this is my advice for podcasters. If you have a show that honours guests, you are serving the world. And that in itself is worth doing. It's worth doing because there's three people on on this call that are coming in from all over the world and they're on my show. 
and I'm sharing that with my tribe. And that is a reason for being. And that probably answers Joyce's question of how do you do it over and over and over again? What do you want to talk about? Because once you get a system and you love it, it becomes like your daily dose of coffee in the morning. You can't do without it. Can you? No, and I love talking to people. So what we have in common is we're looking for insights about success and what you need in your metaphorical backpack to succeed in business and in life. But yesterday, I just saw Dar's comment about supporting uh, first responders. I think it was yesterday or the day before, we had a firefighter on who deadlifted 585 pounds in his full gear and the, oh, the weights were on fire. So I was like, how, oh how do you God. not want to talk to someone like that? But the, I think the thing is, you've got that through line, like Elaine was saying, and it, it serves your community, the community that you serve, and it's beneficial and interesting to you as well. I think that's where kind of the sweet spot happens. Yeah. So you, we can talk about success with anybody, really. Yeah. And, and Anne-Marie, you say this a lot. This is like your reading you've once said to me. You, you love having guests on the show because you learn stuff, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. There's so many different things that you can learn. Although what I have done, I remember years ago on, um, it was the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, I asked a colleague in the US, I said to her, I was, I'm thinking of doing a show on my own. What do you think? And she said, oh, I think it's fantastic. In fact, I just listened to one of my mentors. This is her telling me, one of my mentors, and it was just her on her own. So I tried an experiment and uh, that podcast episode that I did on my own got quadruple, triple or quadruple the amount of downloads in a short amount of time. And so remember that my ideal clients are service-based businesses, they're thought leaders in their field. And so you want to make sure that, and you can do solo shows too. So you can do a mixture, you know, and, and it depends because we use our podcast as very much part of our marketing funnel too. So if you know you've got a launch coming up, you want to make sure that the guests that you have or your own shows kind of leading up to that starts talking about some of the challenges and so forth. So that leading up to that launch, you've you're bringing your podcast listeners, you know, through and maybe to a challenge. So it depends on what kind of process that you're using, but you can use your podcast in that way too. But I'm always learning, always learning. I love it, love it. And, and I've got a, a big hello to Doug, who's in our uh, several of our groups, and he asked the question, how much time do you spend per week on your podcast? And can you just explain the process of getting guests and the editing and how much time it, people could reasonably expect to spend? I know when we started, Keith, it would take you, what, about eight hours, if not a little bit more to organise for guests from woe to go. And I remember when I we I went on my own, I thought there's no way I can spend that much time. So I've kind of got a process now. Uh, I batch all of my interviews and, and I also produce for a number of alliance partners. So um, at the end of a month, of the third week and the fourth week, I'll batch. And so I could, you know, when I was doing my daily show, I could have up to 24 episodes in that week. Um, And so that means then that all of the raw content is there and then I have an editing team. I've got a VA that does different things. And so it really depends on, you know, what what you're doing, how you're using your content. Mm -hmm. But you you do have to be quite timely though, don't you? But I think if you have a system create a system and then if that's repeatable and understandable, you can then outsource that to team to support you so that you can focus on creating the content, having the conversations, and you've got a team working behind you that is distributing that and getting that up across the different platforms. And what about you, Kerry? How, how much time would you spend on the various shows you're now doing? So 
baby time took forever uh, because it was so early and it was so everything was so difficult. Every step in the process was so difficult. Yeah, you were almost yeah. like hard coding things. It's gotten so much easier. When I started the Marketing Profs podcast, which was audio only, I was learning to edit things myself. I was learning to do those things, post-production things myself. So then it was probably the equivalent of about eight hours a week. It was pretty sizable. As I got faster, it got to be less. And marketing profs, I, I don't have a problem getting guests. Like people pitch us all the time. And I know yeah. a lot of people through marketing profs. So like that's not super extensive amount of time. So it was really just getting a handle on the post-production stuff and the logistics and things like that. For the backpack show, it's I spend probably like a half a day every weekend pitching and booking and setting up live streams. You know, in StreamYard, yeah. you set up the feed. And then I um, I do calendar invites with all the links and that sort of thing. We still do all that. Like, it's all systematized. We could outsource it, but we don't right now because this is something that we're starting and we want to be personally involved in every part of it. So um, from beginning to end, like, I select any gifts for the guests and send them myself. And, like, it's all very... Right now, it's very hands-on, so it's different. Punch out, it's about two solid weeks of work, I would say. So it's like taking a vacation to uh, get your podcast together. Yeah. Yeah. So that's but how what, that what about you? What, what about you, Elaine? Uh, the idea of the the structure of, of the how much time would it take? And, and Kerry's alluded to sort of forward planning. Do you do a bit of this too? Well, yeah, you have to. You have to. Um, the show, BBP TV, is because the, the initial show is video as well. We do it every two weeks. And there's probably, well, I, I have a, a VA who does a lot of the background work, the research and what have you. But I probably put in five to six hours every couple of weeks. And then at the end of the month, um, they get batched and turned into the audios that we use for the podcasts. Okay. So um, we've, we've talked a, a little bit here about the time that it takes. Now, uh, several people in the chat room have asked, how, once you've got the show going and you, you're sort of, you're thumping the system, how do you promote it? And I, I think Dar has asked that question, but several other people are interested in this particular idea. How, how do you market the show? How do you promote it? It needs a place to live. You need to have an audience. So if, if you've already been, you know, working on your community, your network, stuff like that, you, it, without the hope of getting them to give you anything or buy anything from you, I mean, you're just creating content. I think it's very easy to put it out there and uh, on your social networks for one thing and say, hey, this is super interesting. Come and talk to this author. Come and talk to the, this mother-daughter pair of authors. It's like interesting, free stuff. And I don't have any problem promoting on my social feeds, that type yeah. of content. But I really think you need to have an email newsletter. If you don't have an email newsletter, you're falling down for sure. Because that's the only way you can reliably talk to people who want to hear from you. But, you know, Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn may or may not ever show your great content to them. So I would start okay. with an email list. So build, building your email. I know Anne-Marie's big on this too. And it looks like we've lost Elaine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hope that she comes back. To, so I'm pardon the pardon the moving around. I'm trying a lot of different uh, show, visual talk because I want to show the group what's possible. Mm -hmm. So StreamYard is this very robust system that's very easy to use and very cost effective. And many many people in the group have never used StreamYard. Seriously, it's so easy, and it's so very easy. And I'm I'm going to go back to your wonderful uh, oh, affiliate link. Um, and so when Elaine goes. Yard. 
So I'll look for that. And so, Anne-Marie, do you, do you propose the email marketing piece as a way of promoting your podcast? How do you do it? Yeah, definitely. Um, and so all of the socials, you know, I love the IGTV. So I'll we'll include the full video on IGTV, um, which works really well. There might be snippets that we cut from, you know, various episodes that really have got a great message and then we share that across socials. Um, but the lives, the lives work really well too. I find that there's a completely different audience than the audio audience. And um, I'm, I'm always trying different things where, you know, when we are live, because I know that I'm going to be record, you know, using that recording, I'll, I have to obviously pre-frame and let people know who, what, why I'm talking to this random person. And I might say something like, by the way, you know, we are streaming these lives at the time, so you can ask the question of the guests too. So what I'm trying to do is integrate the, the audience and bring them across to say LinkedIn or so, so that they can participate, you know, within in that. So yeah, but, but across all platforms. And okay. use it the email newsletter. Substack is super, yeah. super easy. We just started using Substack. It gives you all the juicy analytics and it's very easy to use. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring Joyce in on this exact story because she has a really robust email strategy. And I wanna she uses a site called Kartra. Glass. Yes, yeah. right. Not Grace, not Glass. <laughs> it's Joyce. Just get the name right, Kate. <laughs> so Elaine, before I bring in Joyce Glass. Can I can talk to you about email newsletters and how you promote the show? Elaine. I have to admit, we're really crappy about email newsletters okay. and I should be slapped, but I really believe in, in being honest. <laughs> we Substack. promote it. What's that? Substack, try Substack. Uh, yeah, easy. well, that's, I was just writing it down. Thank you. It just, with everything else that um, seems to be going on here lately, COVID's been a mm. very interesting time, let's say, just kind of let that get lost in the translation. So my bad and have to fix that. But we do promote on all the social channels and our guests promote, our tribe promotes, which really helps. And we have a lot of groups on both LinkedIn and Facebook that also promote the show. Well, brilliant. Now I'm going to bring Joyce in because I know, I know she loves email marketing and we, we want to talk about our, our system. And I want to hello, say hello to Lydia who's in Germany. Now really, we yeah. are going yes. global. Keith, Lydia did you know you in... can drag us around if the windows and StreamYard, you could like move us in whatever order you want. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Drag and drop. Chris likes, to be, Chris likes to be on his side of the bed, so. <laughs> Look at that. I, I didn't know that. Yep. You should come on our show every week. I, I learn something every day. So Lydia has asked the question, how do you sequence your funnel? Well, why don't I just bring Joyce into the call because jo Joyce has a really lovely community. She's built the community and it's it's called the therightcoach.biz. We have a, a really lovely system where we help writers with writing the book, publishing the book, and now I'm involved in helping them promote the book. And email is a very strong part of your system, isn't it, Joyce? You might be muted, Joyce. I think you might have muted yourself. I did, so you wouldn't hear all my pecking around. You don't. You should see. I've got all screens going. I've got my iPad has the group live my phone has the page live i'm i'm doing questions everywhere and then somebody sent me a facebook message 
And he was asking about, um, is this about live streaming or podcast? I said, it's about live streaming your podcast. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and he was like, oh, yeah, okay. Very messy, isn't it? Yeah. So, in, and I love what Amory does. I just don't know that I'm brave enough to do it yet because I just hadn't gotten there. I mean, part of it's like, you know, sometimes I want to chit chat before and after and we take a while and, you know, then I'm going to make sure I get this live stream done. And so haven't quite mentally got there yet. Amory. You haven't sequenced your funnel for list building. Yeah. Well, let's, 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 play, let's play on this. Let's, let's play podcast. on this idea. I'll, I might pick up on, I'm sorry to interrupt, but there's a lot, there's a lot going on. Joyce just really? got here. I know. I hear from Joyce. Oh, okay, okay. Well, let's, let's talk about the sequencing of the funnel, Joyce, and let people know how we do it and how you specifically do it. Before uh, we met, you were using a really great site called Kartra, which I love that you, you're using mm -hmm. it. Tell me about that. But tell me about the sequencing of the funnel and even talk about what a funnel is for people that haven't heard that phrase. Okay, for, for those who don't know what Funnel is, it's mm -hmm. essentially, what, um, I forgot who was talking about the journey that you take your customer on. And it's essentially, that's what it is, the journey you take your customer on. And depending upon where my customer finds me, um, if they come into the group first here in the Write My Book on Facebook, I ask the question, or I tell them, hey, if you want, you can download your first, learn the four steps to the Write Book. Um, by going to my website and signing up for it. The other thing is on my podcast, I always have a way for them to sign up there. I, I say it in the outro. I have um, and in here, you know, in the group, we share things and all of my podcasts are shared in here, the links to my podcast. So it's kind of like a, a mix, but you want the, the email is a place to get them to know you better. And so then those that are on my email list know, learn about, uh, get the podcast every week. And I have a little special blurb just for them that I don't put out on the website. And so that makes, you know, that a little more interesting for them. And it's not just, hey, here's my podcast. <laughs> you know? So, it's a bit more personal, isn't it? Right. And that's and if you're doing any kind of email now, and I'm sure all the ladies here that have done email will tell you the same thing, it needs to have more of a personal touch and storytelling. Would you ladies not agree? It's, Definitely. Yeah. You just, you can't just go, hey, here's my podcast and, and run off and leave because they're going to go, great, delete. And but if you make it interesting and you you share a little bit about your life, or I like to ask questions. I'm always a why person, or you know how are you doing? And so I always ask a question that's related to the podcast. Have you ever struggled with blah blah blah? Whatever it is that the podcast is about, and that leads them into well, if they have struggled, well, yeah, I have. And so you're starting a conversation with them. And that's what you've got to consider these emails. Because I love how somebody put it one time, and I can't remember who I was talking to. But they said, would you go up to somebody's front door, open it, and go, here's my podcast, and here's this, and here's that. No, you say, hey, how you doing? You warm the conversation up. You just wouldn't 
shoving it in their face. It's even worse. Oh, it's like they invite you into their home and you're right. like, here's my podcast. Yeah. And you just don't want to do that. That's just rude. <laughs> As Michelle used to say on uh, Floss, how rude. Or Stephanie was actually who said that one. Stephanie said rude. Um, so that, you know, definitely email list. And I, and I have to say email list is one of the hardest things for me to get the growth that I want. It, it is not growing as fast. I've had more traction and interaction in the Facebook group than I do with my email list, but my email list is growing as the Facebook group has grown. Yeah. So it's, it's well, connected. I, I think the the idea of email is, again, the idea of time, and I, I feel Elaine's pain because I've never had an email newsletter because I hate writing. But, you know, we've got so many choices available to us, and I think I've often said the best type of marketing is the marketing you will do. Even if email was provable as a thing to do, I will not do it because I just don't like reading newsletters and I certainly don't want to create one. But Kerry has got this really lovely site. And what's it called again, this site that you're using? Substack. And they're not sponsoring oh. us or anything. No, I just not use yet. them. It's easy to use. <laughs> so, that, that sound well, like I'll tell you why I care about it. So email yeah. marketing. And Chris, Chris would tell you the same thing, Chris Rogan. But email is like the bread and butter of his business because it is the only guaranteed connection you have with the community you serve so every other place one algorithm change and they don't see you anymore even if they liked your page even if they followed you on twitter we get the easily the most response from people who've given us the invite to come into their inbox so we respect that invitation like you were saying joyce and provide them you know a look at our like who we are and we make it a real personal connection the way you would if somebody invited you to their home, just like you were saying. Mm-hmm. But Substack makes it really, really easy. We can collaborate, share drafts, things like that. And uh, it's it's just really easy to use. So if, if you want like a low barrier to entry and you want to experiment yeah. and you can build your list everywhere, you can build it on social, you can mention it on your podcast. I mean, there's a million ways to build your list, right? It's pretty easy. The stakes are so low. Like it doesn't cost a lot of money to use Substack. I, I think there's even a free plan. So just give it a try and see what you can do with it. The the guarantee is that you're going to reach people more often with more reliable, more reliability than you will yeah. on social is the thing. Can't speak <laughs> for a podcaster. Does that, does, that help, does that help align? Does that, does that get your, uh, your email newsletter of Mojo going or are you with me? Are you just don't have time? Well, yeah, it looks, it, it looks like uh, it will be very useful and uh, it seems I already have an account there. So <laughs> it would make sense if I perhaps used it. Yeah. One of those things, you know, early adopters, I'm always trying everything. One thing I will say, Keith, because as much as you don't like Zoom, I was a beta tester with Zoom and have been using it forever. And I have to say this year, I'm really not happy with Eric and where he's taken it because Ah, it is now it's all about enterprise and the initial concept has kind of gone by the wayside which I think is unfortunate. Okay. He sort of corporatized it. Yeah. The only upside I ever saw to Zoom for recording audio podcasts is you can have three separate tracks. There's other services. 
there's other services where you can get that like Zencaster and stuff like that. But yeah, three separate tracks. If you're really fussy about audio, it's, it's invaluable. Like streaming live. I love it because it minimizes post-production. It's like, well, yeah. it is oh, what yeah. it is. We've got just the one track. There's not much I can do. So it's almost good for a perfectionist like me. But if you yeah. really do want to get in there and like rejigger things um, so that the levels are good. Yeah. When you can. Yeah, yeah. Mightn't they, Emily? There's been people that have asked for, for more than just one track. So mm-hmm. um, they keep expanding their offerings. So they just keep amazing. I love love StreamYard for sure. Me too, me too, me too. Oh, I'm, I'm a definite convert. Yeah. Well, look, Dad's uh, very active in the group, and she's asked if she if you can give a bit of a, a basic estimate as to what it might cost to set up a podcast and equipment once you've got your mojo. Have you got an idea of what sort of basic equipment is required and what the basic setup costs might be? Do you want to start, Anne-Marie, because you've got a lot of gear. And Where, Is she in the US or Australia? Because when you look at yeah. Australia versus US, US. Mm-hmm. Um, Australians get ripped ripped off but uh, I mean when I first started I just had a Logitech headset I mean this is um this is Rode uh, a Rode I've had all sorts of different microphones but you don't necessarily need it de- depends on on what kind of budget and I think in the US you can get a really good sounding podcast uh microphone for a couple of hundred dollars or you can go mm. the real like six hundred dollars you could get one for sixty dollars though if you yeah. wanted yeah. Like, a good yeah. one. like a like decent one yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you could. This is a couple hundred dollars. It's a road. Those are really good. Yeah, that road is nice. You, you've got a snowball, haven't you, Joyce? And that's, that's worth 60 yes. bucks, isn't it? My little yeah. snowball's been handy. <laughs> yep. And I no, it, doesn't cost, it doesn't cost a lot. I use noise cancelling headphones as well. Which probably set me back. I don't know, like another sixty. Um, but it's yeah. because I'm like I'm an audiophile. I'm really fussy about it. But that's it. And I've used these for seven years. I just replaced the earpads once in a while. So invest in these are Sony Pro, but invest in a good set of headphones and, and a microphone. Okay. And that will take you so far. Even oh. really good looking video is unwatchable if the audio is bad. So oh, yeah. what what do you why do you use the headphones? Just out of curiosity. If you why do the- I use them? Because yeah. I can I can hear things that will bother people who are listening on headphones that like Chris won't hear because he's using earbuds or something. Yep. So he's for him, you know, the look is more important for me. I'm listening for the benefit of the people on the other side who maybe have their headphones on at work or something and are going to be really annoyed because there's like a hum or a, you know, piece of, of, you know, static or something. So I'm listening for things like that or clicking or weird things that you wouldn't pick <laughs> up on a less sensitive thing. And then hosting, major professional. <laughs> podcast hosting is really inexpensive. I use Libsyn, which is like yeah. the granddaddy. So liberated syndication, Libsyn oh, yeah. for short. And um, it's really inexpensive. I think I had two podcasts uh, going there for one for like $30 a month or something. Yeah. yeah. So really- I love, you need, I want to check out acast.com. They have amazing analytics but the other thing that I love is it customizes a player to the colors of my website. Ah, you can brand it up. Um, and, the, and then the yeah, you can brand it up and you can share it from the, the player um, on the website. It does it does a lot, and it's not expensive either. Um, they I've, I don't know how long they've been around, but they do an excellent job with you can outdoor. brand Lipton. You can. I've, mm-hmm. yeah. I've, I've never seen it branded. That's why. Yeah, because yeah. people are lazy, but you yeah. can't. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, but hosting is not well, expensive. 
Yeah, and most, very, of, well, most of the lips and ones I haven't seen haven't looked as pretty to me as mine as mine does. Do you like yours? Is why? Yes, I do. <laughs> so the cost overall, like the setup cost, it I mean it depends on the equipment that you select and the software you use to edit. I use Camtasia, which is like a hundred dollars mm, mm, for if mm. you have the version for Mac. It's more if you get. I think it's like a few hundred dollars if you buy the studio version for Windows. It has like a yeah. bunch of juicy options. Yeah. I didn't need them. There yeah, are plenty of free tools. There's plenty of free tools for editing, like yeah. uh, Audacity. I, you can yeah. start with yeah. that. Yeah. And well, another one that I've wondered if anybody here has used either is Octbus.com. They are amazing for sound because all you have to do is you edit out all the, you know, the ums and the, the, the words, but you upload it to their system and it will adjust the sound. It's a professional way to adjust the sound. And I've been using that for uh, over a year now. And I love it. it. It's much easier, if we're, especially for those that are not technical, that don't yeah. want to deal with Audacity because Audacity drove me crazy. It was, you know, so ticky. And, and I'm techy and I hated it. <laughs> but, I'm not that, I'm not that tech. I'm like semi-techy. And I found Camtasia worked for me, but I mean, just find like whatever works for you. Right, the other right. good thing about Camtasia is it's not just audio. I can actually take excerpts from the backpack show and make clips and stuff like that. And it's very easy to use. Mm -hmm. So it's got this one feature and then I'll shut up about Camtasia, but it's got this one feature where now you can actually like transcribe and then select the words that you want to edit out. Like if somebody said, oh, excuse me, my dog was barking. You could select the words in the transcript and kill it and it will take the clip yeah. out wow. of the I, audio. Yeah. yeah. I do so that cool. in Descript. Mm -hmm. Not all my podcasts need edited like that. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times it goes pretty smoothly, but if there's, I had one where the dog interrupted me twice, you know, and I forget something else happened, but like I was just using Descript right before we got on because I'm editing the podcast going out tomorrow. And um, she said a lot of uh and ums a lot. And so yeah. I'm going, and it highlight Descript highlights. So, so all I have to do is look for the highlights, delete, delete. Oh. <laughs> so good, right? So good. Yeah. Yeah, so but the cost that's, isn't that extensive, is what I was trying to tell people. Like, it really isn't. Yeah. Right, Startup cost right. is fairly minimal. Ongoing it, is not that expensive either. Yeah, it w I would say forty-five, fifty a month, depending upon what all you're using. Mm -hmm. um, if, because I mean, that's including like if you use email, might be a little more. But your email service, your auditing, audit editing service, and. Um, your hosting service are the big things that you would need. Brilliant. Now let, let's move on to a, a, another question that uh, many, many of the groups, uh, many of the people in the group have asked, and that is if I'm not ready yet to be hosting a podcast and doing all the techie and things and just running it all, how do you get on other people's podcasts? We all run podcasts and we get, thousands of requests all the time for this. Mm. So what what can you do to stand out as a potential guest on someone else's podcast if you want to do that as a warm-up to having your own? Any, any ideas? Be interesting. <laughs> now, I'm only yeah. being a little bit funny. Somebody asked me, how do I get on the backpack show? I said, do something interesting and tell me about it. That's literally all you have to do. Okay, okay. So and if you say I want to come on and sell my stuff, that that's never going to be interesting. Yeah. 
No. Yeah, so have listened to the show, know what it's about and what it's like. Yes. And then explain like that you think you'd be a good fit for it and why. But I'm sorry, you were saying, Elaine. And No, I was just going to add to what you said there and be succinct yeah. in how you explain it. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. because somebody that sends you a big rambling, please have me on your show. And it just goes on and on. Highly unlikely that that's someone you're going to choose. Yeah, well, I'm going to give you the meat. I want to start with a story and I want to throw to you on this exact story because Anne-Marie and I have this happen all the time. In 2015, I, I ran a podcast called the Global Spotlight Show, yeah. exactly like this except it was a podcast. It ran for six months. I think we did 26 shows every week for 26 weeks in 2015 on iTunes. Anne-Marie set it up and we did that. And I'm still getting emails from that show in 2015, hey, I've seen you've got a podcast. Can I come on? And I feel like saying, <laughs> no. Did you did, have you seen it? Did you watch it? Did you listen to it? Do you know that it's not it's on the anymore? Last time we did have, a show, <laughs> have you ever listened to it? So uh, be prepared. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna ask someone to go on their podcast, just don't do this standard cut and paste letter and send it out a hundred times. Listen to the podcast and get a flavour for what it's about. Is it still going? Um, mm -hmm. What sort of guests do they have? How can you add value? And what, what, what's your pitch to them? For me, the pitch is, well, how are you going to promote it? I've got 100 people a week come, come, trying to come on my podcast, but what do they bring to the show? Sure, that the content is interesting, but are you going to promote it too? Have you got a bit of a tribe? And this, this is especially important for the writers in the group because we know for sure if you go to a publisher, they're going to ask the question, okay, if, if I'm going to give you an advance and publish this book, can you help me sell 10,000 books? Have you got a system? And, and if you yes, just say, no. well, no, that, no, that's your job. No. So okay. I feel like, though, if you have any kind of platform, you have at this point in time, at least, a responsibility to help elevate, like, by POC people, women, anybody who maybe has been underrepresented. I, I make an effort, we both do, Chris and I, to seek out those stories and bring people on the show. So it's not just like a blindingly white podcast, like another one. So, mm -hmm. so I'm not necessarily saying, well, you know, how are you going to promote it? What are you going to do for us? It's more like, here's a person doing amazing things that other people need to know about. I want them on. Right. I love the word responsibility there. I, I think yeah. you're right. We've gone to the trouble of setting up the tech. I've gone to the trouble of getting a mic and a, uh, and a, and a webcam and this lovely software called uh, StreamYard. And I, I, as you said, I've got a responsibility now to share the knowledge of the world. I think you're right. I think you shouldn't get too wrapped up in how are you going to promote it. But if I'm getting a hundred emails a week and someone, for instance, one of my decoders is that if they're not on Twitter, well, you know, really, how can they help? Because I, right. this, thing, this thing goes on Periscope, which mm -hmm. goes on Twitter. And if they don't have a Twitter account, well, how can they push it out once it's gone out? I mean, they can't be involved in the post-production. So we, so, book two. we book two guests per show. And so oh, wow. we have a little, it gives you a little more wiggle room then. Wiggle room, so you've yeah. got one person doing important work that, you know, they don't have a big audience necessarily yet, or they don't have a big community yet. You can bring them yeah. on. Like we brought on Sir Mix-A-Lot 
And that same day, I had another woman who um, she has a black owned business and they're doing work in Boston to publicize events for the black community there. And I was like, people need to know about that. So paired them together. So now she gets the benefit of the platform that Sir Mix-a-Lot has built. So you can you get a little wiggle room the more people you book, I guess. So nice yeah. job here. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you, what well, do you think, Anne Marie or, or Joyce or or? Uh, I will well, tell you, um, episode five hundred two on my right hour for those that are, um, want to check it out. It, it's Susan Neal. She sent me an email, and I put a screenshot of it in the show notes because she did excellent. She did exactly what Carrie was saying. She had listened to my podcast. She had told me what she could offer for the podcast to help that was related to readers, my, to my listeners. She had written a book and had sold over, uh, I think it was at that time, 8,000 copies in 14 months, which is really good on a self-published book. Yeah, yeah. And she then was gearing towards... I mean, when she was looking for, to go uh, with me, she was looking to get on podcast. And so she would listen to them and she would say, you know, I really like this. I learned this from your podcast. This helped me. And I would love to be a guest. This is what I've done. And this is these are the topics I could um, cover to help your listeners. That's all people want. And it, like you said, whoever said succinct, I think it was you, Elaine, on it, that it's just if you are succinct and you have something that you can offer their listeners, yeah. they're going to want it most likely. I mean, very rarely will they say no unless they have their own little, you know, list going on and they don't want outside people asking. Some some podcasts I know are like that. Some aren't. So you just got to see. And then back to the getting requests. I was helping um, an author find podcasts to be on and one of my things was I would go look when was the last time there was a podcast um, released and if it was like you know a year ago three years ago nope (laughs) don't listen that one so that's another thing look I mean because iTunes shows you and and most podcast apps will show you the release date and if it was the last release date was, you know, six months ago or a year ago and they haven't posted anything else since then, then they're not doing it anymore. So don't waste your time sending your paste and copy email <laughs> to them. <laughs> so save yourself some trouble. And spell yeah. their name right. <laughs> oh, you- yes. yes. And don't call me Lindsay. No. <laughs> Oh, oh, Grace. You can tell the ones that have just copied places, you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, they they get your name right, but the name of the podcast show is incorrect because they've forgotten to change that. (laughs) You've got a good example of that, Joyce, haven't you, that there's a particular type of publisher, there's a particular publisher that's got, he spells his name, his name's Lobby, but he he spells it wrong. Have you? you, L-A-B-E is how he spells his name. He's an agent. He's a literary agent. And people will email him, you know, their book proposals and have spelled L-O-B-B-Y. And he'll just toss it. And yeah. it's like, if you can't spell my name right, what else are you not going to mm-hmm. pay attention to? No, like, I mean, if you, website, if you go to his website, it's all over his website because it's the lobby agency. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a Steve, yeah. Steve Lobby agency is, is his agency name. So you obviously weren't paying attention. 
Without um, fail, the worst guests I've ever had on, like the least successful experiences for me and for them, were people who came through like customer service. We're like, I want to be on the podcast. And so the customer service people give them to me. I'm like, oh, did you not see it? Any of the 11 million places where it says that I host the podcast and like a, yeah. all the ways to reach me. If they care so little that they're going to like some generic customer service thing, it's never, ever worked out well. Yeah, yeah. Well, so look, it's a very, very good question. And I, I, I really want to pick up on that because some people who want to podcast might not yet be brave enough. And it's, and you know, if you go right back to the front of the episode, you know, you've got a riff, you've got, you know, there's things that have to happen and things go wrong and you've got to have the right mindset to deal with that. So we've, we've had a really good chat there about um, what advice you give for others. We're getting to the top of the hour now. In fact, we've gone over the hour. I'm happy to keep going, but do you want to all wrap up and, and give you, uh, give us your details about how we can contact you and what you do and the various links that you have and maybe Joyce can type those in for us? Yeah. Yeah. Amory, you've written several books. Have you have you noticed that that particular part of your business model really changed the dimension? Did it did it add another dynamic? Uh, I wrote my well. The, the first book was in the. It was only two books. I've I've given you know compilation chapters and things like that, but uh, two books just on my own. But the reason that I wrote was because number one, the first book was Ace That Interview, and a lot of clients wanted to hire me to interview coach. I could not. I only had so many hours in the day, so I packaged a lot of what I would you know coach them on in the book. And then my second book, Industry Thought Leader, How to Go from Invisible to Influential and Profitable with a Podcast, was getting my system out of my head and into a book form, which then became a course. So I really, it's really the signature system, the steps. So I did it more as a way for me to create content that yeah. made sense because I created the framework first and then I realised, well, hang on, I've got to move this here and there. And, and that became a book. Um, so there was there was purpose in my publishing, um, but yeah. it wasn't so much that hey I want to write a book. I did it because I knew that it would add value to my clients mm. and it will enable me to get everything out of here and onto documentation. What documentation. about you, Kerry? Have you got a book in you? Or have you got a book out? Of, is that one of the things you've got on your bucket list? No, <laughs> it's not on my bucket list. I mean, someday I'll probably do it. There has been many days that I was not. I was the only like not. What do you call it? I was the only one on the backpack show that doesn't have a book. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. happened. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'd want something to say first. You yeah, know? okay. Yeah. Well, I don't have a book and um and, and I'm I'm okay with that. But you reordered us. Is this like an order of coolness? Yeah, it's like a badge of honor. <laughs> yeah, the, only two, the only two things I haven't done is a TED talk and a book. So, you know, they're the sorts of things that they go on a list, don't they? You know, TED talk, bucket, you know, you've got a book, you've got a podcast, you've got a live stream, you've got a YouTube channel, you you're speaking in the city, you got a your beautiful wife. That that would only apply to me. Well, not necessarily, not. I got <laughs> no, no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. It especially wouldn't. But no, I'm no, holding but, myself to the same standard when people want to come on the backpack show and I'm like, do something interesting and tell me about it. Like, I want to do something interesting before yeah. I write a book. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, but, uh, and, what, two or three podcasts. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason the reason why this show exists the reason why this idea exists is because the people in this group the facebook group and the facebook page they want to write a book but what we know for sure is that lots and lots of people that write a book wait until the book comes out and it's in a box mm -hmm. and they're begging people to buy them 
and we want to get ahead of the game and say, look, just spend an hour a day or an hour a month thinking about other ways you can build a tribe, an email newsletter, a, a live stream, a podcast in this instance talking about today's show, but also um, a blog. So I wanted to thank you all so much for coming on this show, which I'm very proud of. It's just a, it's an offering to the world. So. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Right Hour. Our goal is to help you achieve your writing dreams. You are one step closer to write your book. Learn how to get the book out of your head with the four steps we teach our clients. Sign up for the free email series at therightcoach.biz. The link is in the show notes. The four steps help you clarify your focus, create and organize your content, and complete your book. We share tips on the writing process, and you can download the writing planner to track your progress. Don't let fear and overwhelm keep you from writing your book. It's time to write your book.